time for another episode of Squaring Up the Sharp. I'm Max Carroll. I'm joined by my co-host Austin Weinrich here, and we are swiftly moving into the last quarter of the season as we get, uh, you know, towards the end here and uh, the playoff picture starting to take shape despite the uh, the efforts of COVID to just derail this entire operation here. And uh, how you doing, Austin? Muy caliente. Max is on fire and I'm going to burn. <laughs> I was going to say, is there anybody more on fire than I, than I am right now? I mean, you can't be. I'm 10 to 0 the last two weeks. Let's go. Yeah, killing it. Yeah, so, uh, you know, t- how quickly things can change. We were kind of like, you know, muddling along and around 500, and then all of a sudden, you know, you get two two perfect weeks in a row. A lot with underdogs. You know, the, the four underdogs that I chose, all just, they all won outright, actually. So if you were feeling a little, you know, feeling a little bit good about those picks and put a little bit of money on the money line, you were feeling, feeling even better. So, um, yeah, we're on to week 12 here. A lot of, uh, a lot of moving pieces. We, you know, this is, uh, this is a Friday. So we happy Thanksgiving to you. And, uh, I, I appreciate that. And, uh, you know, we had the Thanksgiving games yesterday, unfortunately that, that last, uh, game that everybody was looking forward to, uh, with the undefeated Steelers and the uh, the the Ravens there, who now are actually sitting behind the Browns. I didn't even I didn't realize that. Yeah, the Ravens are technically out of the playoffs if the playoffs started today. Yeah, so you know at six and four, there's on the outside looking in in the AFC, and uh, you know we just were talking about it real quick before we started recording, and you had the the game pushed back to Sunday, right? And now. Lamar Jackson tests positive for COVID. So, you know, there's talk about, you know, what what happened with the Titans a few weeks ago, uh, or actually uh, six weeks ago now, um, where they made all these adjustments and all, all this stuff. You know, nobody's talked about the Ravens breaking any rules or anything like that. But... You know, this is this is what you have to deal with now. I mean, where where does this game go? There's no there's no more buys left. They've talked about extending the regular season a week to to kind of fill in some of the games that might have to get canceled because they're getting messed with left and right still. But uh, you have an opinion on that? Um, I mean, the NFL is going to do everything in its power just to uh, truck along and uh, ignore it. Just ignore COVID. Yeah, I mean now now you look at it as from a Ravens perspective and you're going to be without your best player on on Sunday and probably the week after too. Yeah. You know, positive test is uh is 10 days. So potentially you're missing two games depending on where that positive falls in. You know, I could see them kind of back backdating this and being like, oh wait, but he was at, he actually tested positive on Tuesday. So, you know, he can come off the list next Friday and still play Sunday. You know, it seems like there's a, I don't know. It just seems like there's a lot of that going on. Like, uh, I don't know. I don't know if there's some backdoor mob stuff going on, but it, uh, it kind of feels like it to be honest. The NFL is keeping it real hush hush. It's very convoluted. You know, it's just very, it's very, you know, confusing. It's like, oh, so-and-so is positive, but now all of a sudden they can play. And, you know, you have people on the COVID list for, you know, close contacts and they have to get tested multiple times. There's high risk, close contact and low risk, close contact. I don't know what the difference is. 
But well, I've never even heard of that. I didn't. I didn't know that there was a high risk and a low risk. I thought a, a close contact is a close contact, is it not? I mean, unless you're saying a close, a low risk is a close contact to a close contact, kind of like that third, third level. Yeah, that uh, third, ass- that second assist that you'd get points for. Bill. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, it's it's. Uh, Every team has to deal with it, so I don't necessarily feel bad because it could happen at any time to anybody. Um, you know, as far as New York football, we haven't really seen it too much. I know a few weeks ago, uh, the Giants had some issues. Potentially, it didn't seem to affect anybody. Um, nothing well, uh, to the. What is it? Graham Gano tested positive. I don't know if he's going to be kicking this week. And I think the long snapper. And the punter were high risk close contacts, so I think they're fine. But I don't know if Gano is going to play. It makes sense. I mean, the kicker, the punter, and the long snap are all hanging out together. Yeah, <laughs> like, this, like, <laughs> yeah, the the three black sheep of the team. Um, but yeah, it's uh, you know, we'll see where it goes from here. But this is just, you know, it's not, it's not getting any better that's for sure and i know we talked about it last week with college and all the cancellations uh there are teams now that they might not be bowl eligible because they don't have enough games like wisconsin is two and one and they need to have a minimum of six games to be bowl eligible and i i don't know i think everyone's bowl eligible this year i think they Well, they so they said that the change the rules to make. Yeah, they. I mean, they said that you need to have a minimum of six games. But if the average number of games for the entire conference for every team is less than six, then everybody is eligible. Ah. Which, in the Big Ten, I mean, I don't know. I haven't looked at the other teams, but Wisconsin's had three games canceled already. So. You know they they need to they they can't have another one canceled because the Big Ten started late, right? Yeah, what was it? Almost a month after I think it was October something. Yeah, so there might not they, you know they might not be able to miss another game for the year, and I think you know Wisconsin has played in you know I think the I think the number was nine of the last fourteen Big Ten championships. Like they're they're always there, so it would be kind of a shame if they weren't able to to play well, in those games. They're always there because uh, they uh, they play in the other side. I think it's the West Western uh, like division, and they have like Northwestern Illinois. Yeah, I think Purdue might be there. Yeah, the other side. Yeah, the other one has Michigan, Ohio State, um, Penn State. You know, those big teams, they, they didn't really do a good job of <laughs> balancing it. No. Yeah. I mean, geographically, you're kind of in a bind. And I'm sorry, my the dog is doing things that he shouldn't be doing. So excuse me. But um, yeah, I mean, geographically, they they kind of were forced to do that. But uh, it, it as you said, it's it's very unbalanced. Um so let's uh, let's get to our our normally scheduled programming here. Uh, we have you with your uh, update from the uh, le- from fantasy last week. 
So why don't you give us the rundown on that? Okay. Um. I think my dog. I think the dog is barking at you. He sees you on the screen, and he, he's he's not happy about something. Maybe it's the devil's hat. I don't know. Wow. Uh, I'm gonna have to alpha dog him then. Um, all right, so why don't you give <laughs> why don't you give us our our, uh, our summary here for last week's fantasy? So uh, you locked in Aaron Rodgers last week, who had a pretty good game, uh, twenty six point seven four, and uh, your sleeper Alex Smith, uh, not so great. I think mm-hmm. the Redskins just sucked it up that game. You know they won. But, uh, yeah, so that brings your average success rate to uh, 72%, still killing it. All right. Even with that uh, one bad start. And uh, I played Justin Herbert, who uh, annihilated the Jets by himself. Yeah. And then uh, Andy Dalton, who uh, had a nice comeback game from uh, the concussion slash COVID slash everything he had. And my success rate is now... 54. What do you have? Three touchdowns? Yes, he did. They had one to CD Lamb, one to Cooper. And was it a. Uh, I think it was to- Schultz, maybe? Yeah. Or for some reason, I'm thinking Pollard, maybe? I don't know. Pollard jumped out. He had, a big, he had a big run. I know that. Uh, and then at running back, you picked. Mike Davis, but a pretty decent game, uh, 15.9. Just missed the three times mark for his price. Uh, and then AP looked like an old man. <laughs> yeah, he did. He, 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 you know, yesterday for that Thanksgiving game, I mean, he looked like he wanted to go eat some turkey, you know? <laughs> he was like, you know, feeling, he must have been feeling pretty good because he had two touchdowns and just missed him, you know, one week too late on that. Did you uh did you see the stat that it was like the Detroit Lions first owner came up with the Thanksgiving game and they've been playing a Thanksgiving game since nineteen thirty four or something? Yeah, yeah, I saw that. That's yeah, it's, it started with them because they were trying to get fans to come and, you know, have something to do on Thanksgiving. I believe that's that's what started it as like a, you know, a draw for fans, but yeah, I mean, playing on Thanksgiving every year, I probably wouldn't be too thrilled about that. But, hey, I mean, you know, you're in the NFL, you're, you know. Yeah, hey, maybe it affects uh, their free agents that they have to get. Although, to be honest, most teams are playing, so it's not like... I mean, yeah, you. I think the what the Cowboys always play on Thanksgiving, right? Yeah, and then now that third game usually rotates to a pretty decent game. Yeah, we had the two, you know, two blowouts yesterday. And it just so happens that the NFC East is so bad that that game actually mattered. Um, you know, now the Redskins are the Redskins just jumped over the Giants now at 4 and 7. So basically are technically in first place. Yeah, because what is it? Win per, it would be win percentage, right? Yes, and the Eagles are three, three, six, and one. Yeah. So their win percentage is fifty. You know, fifty percent. The the 
Redskins or, or Washington football team is a little bit higher than that. So, yeah, the Redskins are in first place now. I mean, look at that. <laughs> I think as of yesterday, the odds for winning the division, I think, I think the Cowboys had the best odds. I think they were plus 190. The, the, uh, Eagles were plus 200, Giants were plus 350, and the res- the uh, football team were, were, was plus 400. And so that just changed. Uh, a buddy of ours wanted to throw some money on the Giants to win the division. And I said, wait, I said, wait till after this game because the odds are going to go down if the Redskins win they were the they were had the, the worst odds to win the division now they probably have the best odds you know yeah that might actually lower the Giants odds since the Giants are 2-0 and against them so that like ruins any head-to-head chance the uh, Redskins have against them yeah um if it does I don't I don't think it would change it that much but I mean now because and I was thinking just in terms of you know the Giants are now in third place, so the optics of it. Redskins actually looked pretty good. I mean, their their defense, their defense is pretty pretty good. Somehow they have the number one pass defense, which I don't understand. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Their cornerbacks are. I, yeah, I don't know about that, uh, but I don't know how that's possible. But I mean, we saw yesterday Antonio Gibson just—he looks like he's going to be a stud. Um, he just ripped through that Dallas defense, which we are we all knew wasn't very good. The last two weeks, you know, Vegas loves the Cowboys. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like what? I don't I don't really get the love affair with the cow. Maybe just because they know that so many people are going to bet on the Cowboys that they just like. To me, the the to me the how can the Cowboys be a few more than a field goal favorite against anybody? It's just because they know the money's going to come in on them. So, yeah, no I mean, the I, to me yesterday the Redskins straight up was the play, like all day long. That was the play, and the line never changed from three and a half. So, I, you know, I don't, I don't really know. You know, betting on the Cowboys these days. It, I, I don't really know. I don't, if you, you have to have like a. Um, you know, it's just not it's just not going to work out for you most of the time. Well, when you there, what is it? Fake punting on their own. Four, what was it like? Twenty five or thirty five? Yeah, they went for it on fourth down earlier in the game at their own thirty something. Then they do the fake punt, and then I just saw an article, you know, say, from uh, McCarthy saying that he takes responsibility for the fake. It's like no, sh- like no. <laughs> No duh, you know, you're the head coach. You know, you're not signing off on that. It's on. It's in. It's this wasn't at the fifty. This was at your own twenty-four yard line that you do a fake punt. And they they were only down by four points at that and that point in the game in the fourth quarter after they just picked off Alex Smith. Yeah, and the and the fourth down that they went for in their own territory uh, that changed the whole game too. Because what did the Redskins do? They went down and scored immediately. They went down and scored a touchdown immediately going into halftime. And it's like, you know, you're just handing away points because you just want to you want to like outsmart everybody. And, uh, you know, it's funny. 
as much as you know, we've hated the Cowboys. I, I think I don't want to speak for both of us, but uh, you you like Tony Romo, right? As an announcer. Yeah, I do. I think I think he's a great announcer. Just the way that he talks about the game, like he really for people that don't really know much about football, he makes it pretty easy to understand. And it was just funny yesterday because they're going for it. He's like, Oh, he's like, this is a, this is a gutsy call. I like it. And then they didn't get it. And he's like, Oh, you can't go for it there. (laughs) So, and he was just, well, he was just kidding around obviously, but it's just, you know, it's funny, but, um, it is annoying how the Fox broadcast and the CBS broadcast are now, headlined by uh two cowboys players i mean i know i hate yeah. hate joe buck and troy aikman anytime Giants <laughs> play yeah uh yeah i mean i hope that the giants never get them as announcers because it's just you know they they shouldn't allow them to do cowboys games because it's just like you know and you like to uh, romo i think is pretty impartial like he doesn't you know it's obvious you know he played for the cowboys blah 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 i think aikman is like he's such a homer for the cowboys it's hardcore it's like an nba homer announcer and you want to talk about like uh, you know being a like the way that buck talks about aikman it's like (laughs) but what are you doing man like they have this like bromance going on and uh, it's it's it makes it a little bit awkward. I don't know. It just <laughs> makes it awkward that they just sometimes they just look at each other in the booth. Like Buck Buck will say, and I'm joined here by you know Hall of Famer Troy Aikman, and then he just pauses and they just look at each other. Into <laughs> his eyes. <laughs> he's like he's like, where's your gold jacket? You know. <laughs> um, but yeah, what? How about the uh, how about the rest of the fantasy stuff here? I. Uh... Yeah, I locked in Dalvin Cook, who had a pretty good game, even though they lost at 29. And then Naheem Hines had 8.3 as my sleeper, which was bad. I got screwed on a uh, holding call. Would have had a receiving touchdown, which would have made him a great play. Mm-hmm. And then uh, let's jump to receiver. You had the stack with Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers, which would have been a great stack to have. Rogers putting up, uh, I mean, Adams putting up 26.6. And your sleeper, Jacoby Myers, really didn't do much in the game. I think it was only three catches, 38 yards for a total of 6.8 points. Meanwhile, my stack of Keenan Allen and Justin Herbert was the stack of the week. Left out there. Keenan Allen put up 38.5. Nice. Yeah, I think he had, what was it, 15 catches or something. <laughs> Had, yeah, he had like fifty. He had 145 receiving yards, a touchdown. I mean, he just he just went off. Um, can you pretty much just write in Devonte Adams for a touchdown every week now? Honestly, it seems like it. He's just like every week he's getting you know one. I think I don't know what the numbers are, but I, he's got to have like over the last five six weeks. He definitely he has double digit touchdowns for sure. He had three one game. He had two. He's just crazy. Um, but yeah, Keenan Allen. I know we had him on our team. We had the stack going for the, uh, and they almost single handedly brought us back because 
We had some duds. <laughs> Between AP and Marvin Jones, who just did nothing, um, that stack almost saved us. I think what would it's so it's painful. What we lose by like I think point was, six. Yeah, point six or point seven. Yeah, so that that's that's tough. Uh, and Keenan Allen even had a couple drops. I think. So yeah, more catch. Yeah, just come on, man. Just get the, you know, you didn't do enough for us already. Just make that catch. Um, yeah, and then my sleeper, CD Lamb, had 16.6. He had a touchdown, which basically saved his day. Yep. And then to our favorite position, tight end, we're so good at this. Um, you picked Mike Isecki, who did nothing until our boy Fitzpatrick came back in and ended up with 8.3 points. And your sleeper hit big. Uh, Richard Rogers had a touchdown catch. Yep, I saw that. Yep. That uh, brings your success rate to uh, 18% for them. All right. Anything is anything is progress. Yep. <laughs> uh, my luck of Hayden Hurst put up an amazing zero points. Wow. Yeah. Oh, we had him on our team, too. That was another yeah. zero. Jesus. Yeah, literal zero. And yeah. Then, Thomas had uh, one catch for 18 yards. Yeah, he had, a good, he had a good game uh, yesterday. Yep, of course. <laughs> um, that brings my success rate to 22% for tight end, so I'm challenging you. Yeah, I, haven't had, right. I haven't had a good pick in like three weeks. It's going to be a race to the bottom. And, uh, finally, a defense... If the Vikings is your lock, who uh, the Cowboys offense showed up, and I don't think they generated a turnover. Only had four points in the game. Yep. But your uh, sleeper Denver had a nice, solid game. Once they knocked two out, I think they had the walk-off interception, basically. Mm-hmm. Saved the end zone. And I locked in the Chargers, who somehow gave up 34 points to the Jets, was it? Uh yeah well they yeah they kind of just let up at the end, uh they gave up to, it was thirty four twenty eight was the final score it was twenty four to twenty four to six at halftime, so the Jets actually you know they scored some points in the second half but the Chargers just kind of let up on them. They just stopped playing because the game was in hand, and my uh, sleeper Washington had a nice solid game at twelve, mostly because they knocked out Jerbo or Burrow and. Uh, the NFL is probably pissed at Washington, if I'm being honest. Yeah, um, I didn't, I didn't uh, realize it at the time, but I guess uh, he tore his ACL. ACL and MCL, it looks like. Yeah. So, uh, and that that defensive pick, I think before Burrow went out, they were just uh, racking up the yards left and right. Yeah, they were so, just beating the crap out of them though, because yeah. that. Since the old line is god awful, yeah, that's kind of what I'm basing my my defensive picks on, like D line versus O line. That's that's pretty much all. I, that's what I'm basing my defensive picks off of because it doesn't matter. You know, you know, you look at like the Redskins are a perfect example. Like you don't know anybody in their secondary, but their D line just gets after it and puts pressure on the quarterback, and that forces them to make mistakes uh if you asked me before we talked about it earlier who the best 
if you told me the the Redskins were or the the football team was the best secondary uh, in terms of you know against the pass in the league or that they were going to be this year, I would have said you're out of your damn mind. <laughs> A little laugh in your face. Yeah. Um, all right, so. You know, unfortunately, we weren't able to seal the deal with our uh, with our single entry this week, but you know we'll get after it again this Sunday. And uh, you know, you just got to keep an eye on the on the COVID stuff, on the weather. I mean, the Browns are pretty much you can't play any Browns players in fantasy because you just don't. You know, Cle- the last three games in Cleveland have been awful. This rainstorms just literally follow them around and. It just makes our offense so inept because Baker Mayfield cannot throw in any weather condition. Yeah, and ba- and Mayfield's in his third year now, right? Yes. Yeah, so they have to decide on his fifth-year option. And uh, they were talking on the broadcast about the contract he was going to get, and they were saying, like, oh, is he going to get uh, Deshaun Watson money? Is he going to – are you kidding me? <laughs> Like, would you really pay this guy uh, to be your franchise quarterback? I mean, yeah, they're seven and three, but this is like to me. To me, uh, Mayfield is more comparable to Trubisky than anybody else. And uh, I mean, and Trubisky's not even a starter. He might start this week because of Foles' injury, but. <laughs> You just can't even touch the Bears because that offense is so atrocious. It's yeah, it's terrible. The only thing I could see is like Trubisky comes in and because he can actually move around and he can run, that it gives him a little bit of a jolt. But you know they don't have a running game. Allen Robinson is great, but he's only one man. And um, yeah, I don't know. I with. I don't know how the Browns are seven and three. To be honest, I, I don't know. They've played some really, really crappy games. They can run the football and they have weapons, but I, you know, Landry has had a season to forget. Pretty much, like, does he even get the ball thrown to him anymore? They pay money. They don't throw him the ball. Like, it's it almost leaves me like speechless because I, I just don't know how they're seven and three. I think I, I think you uh, what you follow cousin Sal on Twitter? Yes, I do. I think he tweeted something out about like, oh, don't worry, everybody. It's only a matter of time until we can bet against the Browns in the playoffs. <laughs> like, like basically saying, let's lock it in. Uh, you know, just put all your money against the Browns in the playoffs. So, which I would tend to agree with him. Um, but did we recap our? Uh, our, we did recap our against the spread picks, did we? Uh, we just gave out your. Uh, obviously, we opened with it. You had another five and a week. That was brings your season total to thirty three and twenty two, plus four fifty last week, and you're up seven seventy for the season. All right, let's keep it going. Yep. And then uh, what am I? I am. Obviously not doing as well. I am twenty six and twenty nine. Went two and three last week, and I'm minus five sixty on the season. All right, I need yeah. three straight. You what? <laughs> I need to put together three straight uh, 
five and all weeks. <laughs> I uh, I apologize. I, I feel like I just jumped right into fantasy and skipped over the against the, the uh, recap there, um, which we normally do first. But um, yeah, it's because of that. You know, Vegas has to get the you know, minus one ten. You know, if you if you lose, it's you're only bringing back ninety. Yeah, if you win, you're getting 90 back. If you lose, you're losing 100, so that's where that 10 comes in, obviously. But, uh, you know, so it makes it – it's kind of skews it a little bit where you could you could have a 500 record, but you're going to be down uh, because of that. So, um, all right, let's get into uh, – before we get into next week, I have a couple, couple little uh, takes I want your thoughts on. Nothing crazy. Um, I got three of them here. And I just want to know your thoughts. So I know that the if if you've been following any sports outside of football, there's not real really much going on right now. But the Korean World Series, right? So they just they just finished up their World Series last week, and I did not know this, but their trophy. Do you know what their trophy is? Mm, is it something anime related? It's it's video game related. It's a it's the sword from The Legend of Zelda. Oh, okay. And the new sword or like our old N64 sword, the old N64 sword. Okay, that's pretty cool. I'd want. So, yeah, so they uh, they bring it out to them and then they all they all grab it and they pull it out of the thing. And that's got to be the best trophy in all sports now. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's definitely up there it's, it's very uh, good i definitely rank it higher than lombardi trophy that's just kind of boring to me the only one that kind of compares to me in terms of like just coolness is the stanley cup yeah to be honest i can't even tell you can you tell me what the world series trophy looks like it's just it's it's a it's a thing with all the flags on it isn't it like I, 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 I think it yeah. I think it's a it's a it's a it's like a flat bottom trophy with just a, it looks kind of looks like a stadium but it's all the teams the flags of the teams or something I don't know but it's it kind of looks like it almost looks like a crown like it kind of goes up and then it comes back down I believe I could be way off but uh yeah I mean the Stanley Cup is cool just because of you know, everybody drinks out of it. You know, you fill it with beer and everybody's drinking it. You get to take it home with you and show it to your, you know, your town that you live in. But let yeah, me see if I can. Hey, that's just awesome. I think that's the coolest thing. What is? You, the, you just get it for a day. Like you and the weird guy who like follows it around. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, let me show you. Let me show you this picture here. Because I know I know that's going to be blurry on the the screen share, but for everybody else. But I just want you to see. So this is, yeah, this is what this is what I was describing. Here is the, um, here is the World Series trophy. Okay. See yeah. this? Yeah. Yeah. So, I, but it looks broken here. I don't know what's yeah. going on. It looks broken. Probably the Mets flag. <laughs> yeah. But this is the... This was the picture from ESPN. Look at this thing. 
Yeah. I know it's I know it's blurry, but it's uh this giant Legend of Zelda sword. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh it's definitely a lot cooler than our major league uh trophy. Yeah. It'd be nice if there was a little more creativity. But um uh so yeah, I just Robert wanted to call the major league baseball thing just a trophy. He didn't even give a shit about it. And he's a commission. <laughs> yeah. uh, just to, to stay on baseball for a second here. I mean, I don't know if you've been following the whole Steve Cohen buying the Mets thing. But this guy's already a million times better than the Wilpons. Just Why, in terms of... The Bobby Bonilla day? Just in terms of how he talks to the fans. He's already done interviews, which the Wilpons never did. Like, he's doing stuff. He... He, uh, yeah, one of the fans asked if they could just give Bo- Bobby Bonilla the rest of the money that he's owed and just be done with it. <laughs> and he said, he said, no, he said, we're going to invite Bonilla to the stadium. <laughs> like We're going to have him come out. Every like dress- or whatever. Yeah. And he's going to come and he's going to hang out at the stadium that day and everyone's going to have a good time. <laughs> so he's just kind of like already messing with the fans and everything. And uh, if I was them, I would keep him on. I would just put him on my 40 man active roster and just call him up for that one game every year <laughs> and just make him swing. Just yeah. feel like if I'm paying you a million dollars, you're taking four swings. <laughs> yeah, just do, you know, do something. Um, but yeah, it's already been great. I know he has the uh, was it the Mookie Wilson Buckner ball. Yeah. Yep. They yep. They did that on an interview. They asked him, you know, what his greatest piece of memorabilia is, or something like that, and he brought out that ball. So he's he's like he's an actual Mets fan, and he's been wanting to buy this team. He just had some legal troubles, and he's got more money. He's already he's already the uh, richest owner in baseball. Like he's got the most money of any owner in baseball. Yeah. So he's got money to spend, and he said that they're going to do it. He said if they're not, if they don't win a World Series within five years, it's a disappointment. So, you I know, mean, you like. I know with basketball, the Rockets owner came in, and he was like one of the richest owners. And then all of a sudden, when this market collapsed, now there's rumors of he might be broke. Mm. Yeah. Uh, how they make their money, I don't, most of them, I don't know. But uh, yeah, I mean, hey, if he's willing to spend money and, and make this team better, which is something that, you know, do I like the fact that they brought Sandy Alderson back in? I don't really know how I feel about that, but. You know, he's proven that he, he knows what he's doing, and I think that was part of the process for that, is they wanted somebody who, after the whole Brody Van Wagen buckle, uh, you know, they wanted somebody with more of a proven track record. But, um, all right, the other one here, uh, and we kind of talked about with the f- going, for forward, going forward on fourth down in your own territory and going for the fake punt, like, do coaches just have to take a, take a chill pill, honestly? Like, do they just have to, like, get – like, sometimes I feel like they're about to jump off the edge of a cliff and 
they do it in spite of everything where some somebody could just say hey just take a step back and like think about what you're doing for a second you know well the thing is of course it's some economist wrote a book or something saying it's more efficient if you just go for it on fourth down than punting or kicking a field goal so what does everyone do the computer says this is what i have to do i have to go for it but doesn't take into any factors like how his team's playing the the play call sometimes is insane like on fourth and inches why is it not 95 percent of the time a qb sneak on fourth and inches yeah i mean if you're and a lot of these teams are going for it on like fourth and fourth and a long yard fourth and two and i think yesterday uh was it the Lions that they just turned and did a fullback dive. Yeah. Like some Somebody who probably has no, not carried the ball all season, let's turn and give him the ball and just and hope that he, you know, falls forward for a, a yard and a half. And it's like, all right, you have AP back there who, you know, if, if he's not going to get it, he's going to make you at least work because he's, he runs so angry. Yeah, it just it doesn't make any sense. Some of these coaches and this play calling. I mean, to be honest, if I was Mike McCarthy, I'd be real pissed at Jerry Jones for making me keep Kellen Moore because all Kellen Moore wants to do is throw the ball. And I mean, last week they beat the Vikings because guess who had over 100 yards? Elliot. Yeah, yeah. Because they were pounding the ball. I mean, granted, this week. What did they lose? Their two starting tackles. Yeah, within like the first, like five minutes of the game. So I'm I'm sure that affected things, but uh, yeah, I mean, there's all these young coordinators, and everybody wants to you know be the first person to say that they're like the next big, you know, head coaching prospect, and you know, on a three and what what are the Cowboys now three and eight? Uh. You know, and it's not like Andy Dalton is a is uh, he's a he's a starting quarterback in this league. Like he can he can be a starting quarterback for a team. So, you know, and I don't know the 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 whole you know not using Elliott. Um, if you're going to go for it, at least you know you throw a better play call out there, but. I mean, we've seen it all year long. They go for it on fourth down. And like you said, the, the book that came out, whatever, if it's not going to like differentiate between different scenarios in the game and, and just like do one blanket statement, then if you if you are going to cite that as your source for, for your play calls and stuff like that, then you should be fired. Because how can you not take into account anything else? At the time the Cowboys went for that fourth down, I think it was a tie game. I think it was 10 to 10. And it was right before halftime. The Cowboys punt the ball, make the Redskins go the length of the field if they want to score before halftime. But no, you give them the ball, they go down, you know, 35 yards and they score a touchdown before halftime. Now you're losing. And it's like, you know, can you think about it for more than two seconds and say, all right, well, you know, th- if we do this, then this could happen, and then you know we're gonna be, dead, and then this is gonna happen. Instead of just saying, "Oh, let's let's punt it, let our defense try to close out the half, and go into the locker room with at least a tie game," 
And this is all. This is only one example. We've seen it all year long. Uh, I don't know. It's it's like the same thing that technically passing is more efficient than running, so therefore teams should always throw the ball more. But it's just yeah, you throw the ball more, and you know you go th- three and out a bunch of times, and see how your defense feels about that. Like there's something to. Uh, just going with like the natural flow of the game. Like you're in your own territory, you know, it's fourth and two, you know, punt the football. That that's a tale as old as time. Like just use your special teams and play the, play the game the way that it's supposed to be played. Don't, you know, you don't have to go for two every time you score a touchdown, you know, and I mean, hey, maybe that's going to be the new way because you have kickers that can't freaking hit an extra point anymore. I saw some stat, uh, I think this was from Pearl Football Focus, that after a defensive touchdown or like a quick special teams touchdown, kickers are 23% more likely to miss the extra point. Okay, I mean, that makes sense if they're like not mentally prepared. Yeah, that uh, kickers need a routine. When they see like the offense drive and they start getting ready, but when it's a quick score, they uh, I don't know, they're just weirdos, so yeah, they can't do their job. I mean, I could see that going also that it would be a good idea to go for two because, like, in the game yesterday, when JJ Watt picks off that pass and scores the touchdown, why? I mean, in my mind, hey, run the offense out there, you know, the defense has been sitting on the sideline, they're not prepared. For, for that, run the offense out there and say, we're going to try to catch them off guard. We're going to go for two real quick because they've been sitting over there. They're not, their head's not going to be in it. Like, I, I agree. I agree. There's something to, you know, the routine of the game. But that I is, just... Uh, that's an interesting take. Every quick score, just run your offense out there. Just always have a play ready. Yeah. it's. I mean, it's the same idea as, like, they say a sudden change. Like, oh, you should take a shot right after a sudden change because the defense, you know, is still getting their bearings or whatever. It's the same thought process, just in a different part of the game. But I, it's just so frustrating to me to see this stuff and the coaches just, like, continuously make these decisions that just, in my mind, just don't make any sense. And they're not defendable. Like what was what was the reason? I want to know what the reason was for McCarthy going for it on fourth and one or fourth and two from their own thirty-nine yard line in a, in a tie in a tie ball game. To me, that's saying that you think your team's that bad that you have to put up points, otherwise you're going to lose this game. Yeah, which, but like, I. I agree with it. Like a, a typical three and seven team who gives a shit. Like you want to go for it every fourth down. Nobody cares. But this, this was a game that you're, you're looking at like potentially winning the division and you need to win this game. And you make that like, it just doesn't, I'm trying to find it now. I'm, I'm looking, uh, Kurt Warner on Twitter. No idea what the Cowboys are doing in this game. <laughs> and he questioned their coaching. Um, McCarthy defended the coaching maneuvers, calling the fake punt a solid call. 
and labeling the fourth and one pass a good play call against one-on-one defensive coverage. That was the that was the play where he threw it to Lamb, and he was falling down and he dropped it, or it was broken up. Um, McCarthy says you obviously understand on fourth down calls what your options are. You either convert or you don't convert. There's a flow to the game. All those things are factored into the decision. I'm very okay. confident in our players. Put them in a position to make big plays. Clearly, it's not factored into the flow of the game because you just picked off Alex Smith. You're in your own uh, your own territory. It's just, it's asinine. It's like a peewee coach would know to punt the ball. But this yeah. guy's paid millions of dollars to... Yeah, this isn't like, uh, you know, the Minnesota Golden Gophers for like the first three weeks of the season. They didn't have a punter like they're I don't know if you noticed that or you watched any of their games. Yeah, but their punts, the punter was punting it probably 20, 20 to 25 yards. So they they legitimately did not have a punter. So if they want to go for it, at least you could say, well, we don't have a punter. We're only giving up 20 yards anyway. At best, or you know, at most, we're giving up, or at least we're giving up twenty yards, whatever it is. I don't know. But he went on to obviously the result wasn't what we were looking for. Uh, blah blah. I think everyone saw what happened on the play. Those are plays that you look to create opportunities. It was a good play call. We had one on one on the outside. We just didn't convert. McCarthy stood his ground on the fake punt. As those things go, obviously, it's ultimately my responsibility, particularly when a play like that doesn't work. But we were trying to generate a big play at the point in the game. The information that you look for going into it, it was a solid call. So there you go. That's the reference to the analytics. The information that you look for going into it, it was a solid call. All right. So when we become billionaires... Let's buy an NFL team and just have a robot be our coach. <laughs> this guy, man, like, and we brought it up last week. Like, McCarthy could be one and done. Like, <laughs> with these decisions and how the team has performed, and this just makes it worse. You won't get anywhere if you're thinking about negatives all the time. Obviously, it was a solid play. Obviously, it was a solid play call. Yeah, it's, it's a good. Pl- <laughs> it's a good play design. What do you say? Yeah. I said, yeah, dum-dums, don't question me. It's a great play design. We're running a reverse where we're starting 15 yards back before the first down. He said, their gunner made a good play and came off of it. And then this is great. You can never convert them, obviously, if you don't call them. You you miss 100% (laughs) of the shots you don't take, Michael Scott (laughs) Wayne-Gresky. It's, it's, it's amazing if you don't believe if you don't believe in them. So I clearly understood the situation when it was called. Yeah. If he made if he made the call, then which I would hope that he had a say, because if he didn't, then that's a whole other thing. But if he had a say, then I get it. Like you are going to take responsibility. But if he didn't. If he's saying, so I clearly understood the situation when it was called. It makes it sound like he didn't call this. He, he might not have. Like, who is it? Uh, I think Fossil's son is the uh, special is team. Yeah. Is it him? Yep. Because he, I mean. He's, he's famous for, like, fake punts and shit. Yeah, when he was with the, he was with the Saints for a while. Uh, Rams. 
Uh, that's right, the Rams. Yep. But I'm and I I believe that when he was with the Rams, Sean McVay said that he has the ability to make those calls without checking with him or something like that. I don't know. If I was an NFL head coach, I would honestly have a say in everything. <laughs> yeah, this is uh I don't know. This has just been like a nightmare year. Uh for you know, Prescott getting hurt. Elliott has had a terrible year. The offensive line has been injured. The defense sucks. McCarthy has made terrible decisions. Just everything is going wrong. And I'm just I'm trying to like sit in Jerry Jones's mind and like think about how he feels about all of this because he can't feel very good. You know? All I know is all those quotes made me think was we miss 100% of the bets we don't take. So therefore... We have to bet on every game. Yeah. Yeah. It's not it's not very lot. I mean, the logic makes sense. Like, yeah, if you don't take your shots, you'll never convert them. But some shots are more (laughs) realistic to take than others. Sometimes you have to leave one in the chamber (laughs) for yourself sometimes. Um but let's get to the fantasy for a week. Uh, you know what? I had one more. I just wanted to get your thoughts on, uh, and I mentioned it to you before we started recording here, but do you think the Ravens should be forced to forfeit this game? No, they shouldn't be forced to forfeit. Like we said off air, if they're not going to make the Titans forfeit after they were caught practicing, even though they were told don't practice, don't meet up, and then the NFL does this fake investigation, blah, blah, blah. And somehow they're found innocent. But they, they spent all that money on Deflategate, and they made sure that the Patriots were found guilty. Yeah. Well, that's, that's that was the thing with me with the Titans, is that, you know, they said they didn't knowingly break any of the rules. And it's if, like, all right. It's- if your facility shut down, what do you think that means? Yeah. We're supposed to meet up? Yeah, they were doing captain's practices. <laughs> and it's like, you know, you, you know what the rules are. And if you didn't know what the rules are, and that's the NFL's fault for not making it clear. But I'm pretty sure you knew what the rules were. Honestly, if anything, I'm surprised it isn't like a NFL PA violation, like a union violation. Well, you would think that it would be. But I think the union only wants to get involved when it you know, has a negative effect on their players, which it does. I mean, if if you're spreading coronavirus around, it's a workplace issue. Let's be honest. Let's say someone tore their ACL in that practice. Would that technically be grounds for the Titans to cancel that contract, technically, if they wanted to? I mean, we see it. We see it in other sports where they're able to void contracts for reason, you know, like someone reasons. Pick up basketball and they blow out their ACL or uh, UNS Cespedes fighting wild boars or something, right? Yeah, like he's you know <laughs> riding horses and wrestling boars. Uh, that's that's a different. Uh, I guess that's different than spreading coronavirus around. You know, well, I'm just trying to remember what was the Cespedes thing. He wasn't allowed to ride horses or something. Yeah, I, I, I don't know exactly what it was, but the first the first time, I mean, he was riding a horse and he like fell off and he 
hurt his ankle or something and you know that's considered you know in the military we have to sign for if we're going to take part in in activities that could potentially hurt us you have to get you know signed off for that i would imagine that sports are similar if you're gonna if if you're gonna go jump out of a plane and there's a risk that you don't make it for whatever reason i would think that you would have to get signed off on that as like a high risk activity you know yeah i mean i don't know if teams are allowed to but i i'm sure some teams have like uh no motorcycle clauses and shit like that yeah yeah i mean i wouldn't be surprised either after uh wasn't there like has had to have been a long time ago there was a bad was it roethlisberger Mm. i think it was i think it was roethlisberger that got in like a bad motorcycle accident i don't know i think one of the players i don't know how famous he was but i think he lost his leg or something so it was Roethlisberger was seriously injured in a motorcycle crash. Um, but I'm sure that there's been many other ones. Um, so, yeah, I mean, but but that's that should be commonplace. Uh, and to me, you know, coronavirus shouldn't be any different. Like if you knowing like like what happened in the World Series with Justin Turner. Like, didn't he, didn't he know that he was quarantine like after they won the world series there yeah. like not even allowed to leave tampa yeah and if you if you knowingly break the rules then you should be that should be it i mean look at the look at the uh the raiders i mean they've been fined more money than uh you know i can even add up at this point it's been millions of dollars they've lost draft picks because they didn't, they haven't been adhering. You know, we saw we saw uh, John Gruden with his little mask debacle, which was kind of funny at the time. His thong debacle. <laughs> yeah, whatever he had on his face, and uh, you know, but that's the type of stuff where it's like, all right, you know, we're trying to get this thing under control, and you're not helping the situation, uh, so we're going to fine you. And they, what was it, a hundred thousand dollars? Yeah, I think he got fined a hundred thousand team, a hundred thousand, and then I think the second or third violation they took away one of the draft picks. Yeah, as a GM, wouldn't you be upset about that? Like, yeah, I would be very upset. <laughs> uh, draft picks are very important these days. But all right, let's get to our uh, fantasy picks for this week. We'll run through them. Uh, we're pushing into about an hour now, so we'll we'll try to get through these and our against the spread picks before we get out of here. Why don't you start us off with our head to head? Well, no, we're doing fantasy, right? Oh, I apologize. I'm all over the place today. It's the day after Thanksgiving. You know, I don't know what did you were you able to you know you spend time with your family? Yeah, I uh, had a nice little dinner. Nice. I had last night so i didn't do anything too crazy okay yeah i was stuck up here i wasn't able to stuck in a little little like semi-quarantine mode up here so i wasn't able to get out and i'm getting a little you know cabin fever <laughs> hey um so my lucky quarterback i'm gonna take uh mr josh allen okay bills they're playing uh the chargers and 
if Joe Flacco can put up 28 points against them, I can only imagine what Josh Allen can. That's a good. That's good. Uh, you know, that's a good reason. <laughs> what What's that? Uh, math property. It's like the cumulative property. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, my sleeper. I'm actually gonna go with. David Carr. He has some crazy stats on the season if you look at it. He's thrown for 2,400 yards, 19 touchdowns, and only three interceptions. Yep. He's only averaging 18 points a game, but he's had some decent games. He put up three touchdowns last week against the Chiefs, and this Atlanta defense is uh, pretty bad. Yeah, if you can get, you know, mid 20s out of Carr, that's really good. Um, at 5,700. I like that pick. It's just a matter of, you know, when they get in the red zone, are they just going to be able to run it in? Because this is like, this is a game for me where, you know, Josh Jacobs might have three rushing touchdowns. Something crazy. Um, all right. So for me, for my quarterback lock, I'm going to lock in. Big Ben. I've gone with him a few times already this season, and he really hasn't panned out for me. But, you know, if they do end up playing this game as scheduled, uh, you know, they've... The last, what is it, one, two, three, four, five games, he has multiple touchdowns. Um, The yardage hasn't been there in some of these games, but I think, uh, you know, knowing the Ravens pretty well, I think he's going to come out. He's got 24 touchdowns and five picks. So, uh, you know, and three of them came in one game. So he's really, he's played well this year. Uh, And on an undefeated team, I mean, he could be like a dark horse for the MVP in the MVP conversation. If he ends up with, you know, 40 plus touchdowns and, you know, 10 or less picks and 4,000 yards, how could you not on an undefeated team? Uh, My sleeper this week is going to be, uh, I'm going to go on the opposite side of that game there. I'm going to go with Matt Ryan. This is like a really dangerous pick for me because uh, I don't know what Matt Ryan is doing half of the time. But he, I think he leads the league in yards. And it's a pretty good matchup. He's famous what? for that uh, that 325 stat line yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. That's like yeah, which line. Yeah, he seems to. He's had one, two, three, four games this year where he has not thrown a touchdown pass. That, so, you know how insane that is with that receiving core. Yeah, it it really doesn't make much sense. Uh, but I do like the matchup here with the with the Raiders, and I think that they're going to have to throw the ball. Uh, so I'll go with him as my sleeper at fifty nine hundred, and and give you know give me twenty. 20 to 25 points, and I'll be happy with that. Who do you got for running back? Hey, my lock, I'm going to take Nick Chubb. Okay. Let's be honest, Cleveland's offense is literally just their running backs. Uh, last week, Chubb, 20 carries, 114, and then he had that famous... Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go out at the one... Yeah, that sucks. <laughs> but uh, this Jacksonville defense is bad. 
they're not playing for anything anymore. They got their one win, so they're, they're not yeah. defeated. And then, uh, yeah. My sleeper running back, I'm going to take... I think I'm going to go back to Naheem Hines. I picked him last week. He didn't do much, but he's playing Tennessee again. And this is the game we broke out on Thursday night against Tennessee. He had 12 rushing attempts, 70 yards rushing, one touchdown, five catches, 45 yards, and one touchdown. So his best game of the season was against Tennessee, and they're playing Tennessee again. So I don't know why you wouldn't exploit that matchup again in Tennessee's right. defense. Been. Yeah, Tennessee's defense has not been very good. So They've been historically bad. Yeah, so... I think that's a that's a very solid pick. Uh, for my lock, there there are some pretty obvious choices this week as far as running backs go. I mean, Dalvin Cook is at the top going up against the Carolina defense. He's ninety five hundred. Um, you know, Josh Jacobs against Atlanta. They're twenty fourth against fantasy running backs. You, you, Nick Chubb is twenty eighth uh, going up against twenty eighth defense. So there are some obvious choices. I'm going to go down a little bit. Uh, on the other side of that Nick Chubb contest, I'm going to go James Robinson against this uh, this Cleveland defense. They are middle of the road against fantasy running backs, but I think that the game flow at this point for the Jaguars doesn't matter. Uh, they could be down by three touchdowns, five touchdowns. I think they're going to give this guy the ball because they want to, you know, he... He's undrafted rookie, and he's having a great year. He's going to end up with over 1,000 yards as long as he doesn't get hurt. Uh, so I think that they just want to feed this guy the ball. Um, in the last four games, he, he hasn't had less than 17 carries or 19 touches. So he's going to get the ball in this Cleveland defense. I think, you know, they've been they've been helped by the weather, obviously. <laughs> the, weather's, the weather's been so bad up there that this defense has been able to do what they do and, and not really have to worry about much because the weather's been so terrible. But uh, for my sleeper pick this week, I'm going to go with Wayne Gallman. Okay. He's 5,000. He's been getting some carries, uh, progressively going up each week so far. He's been in double digits. He scored 13 or more fantasy points in four in in each of the last four games. So... He's getting the ball. He's had a t- he's had five touchdowns in the last four games. So this guy's you know for five thousand. I mean for a guy who's got five touchdowns in the last four games against this Cincinnati defense where they should be able to just run the ball at will. Uh, lock him in, in my opinion. Just lock him into you know. I'm gonna have him in a ton of lineups this week. So um, that's where I'm going there. Have a wide receiver. All right, wide receiver. I'm going to lock in Robbie Anderson against this uh, Minnesota Vikings secondary, who was honestly torched last week by the Cowboys all over the place. But uh, I like Robbie Anderson. I think Minnesota struggles against speed. And he gets back uh, our boy, Teddy Two Gloves, Teddy Bridgewater. So he'll be happy (laughs) to see him back. So give me Robbie Anderson. And then my sleeper, I'm going to go with Sterling Shepard. He's questionable right now, but he should be fine. 
last four games, he hasn't had below six catches. He's Daniel Jones' favorite target, especially on third downs. And Cincinnati is horrible. What? What about Golden Tate? I was just asking if he's if he's allowed on the team anymore. It looks like he's gonna play. Um, yeah, he uh, he played. He played against the Eagles, so. Yeah, he had a big catch. I thought. Uh, yeah, he had two catches, forty-four yards. So I mean, yeah, even with him being back, it doesn't really matter. Sterling Shepard's the go-to guy. There, uh, you know, him and Darius uh, Slayton. Um. Yeah, if you look at uh, Eli, uh, not Eli, uh, Daniel Jones's numbers when Shepard actually plays and it's healthy, he actually is a decent quarterback. You know what's amazing? That the Giants can win games when Daniel Jones doesn't just turn the ball over like crazy. Yeah, he doesn't even need to play good. He just needs to not turn the ball over. Yeah, it's it's it makes it even that much more annoying that like his turnovers are probably the the biggest the the direct reason why the Giants have a crappy record with how many close games they've played if they just uh, it's uh, we don't have to get into it it's just going to drive me nuts um but my lock this week I'm going to I'm going to go on the uh I'm going to go the route that you're going but I'm going to go with DJ Moore I like the the Panthers wide receivers this week. DJ Moore, he had seven for 127 uh, and four for 96 and a touchdown two weeks ago. So he's uh, he's feeling pretty good. And that seven 127 was with uh, PJ Walker as the, as the quarterback. So I think with Bridgewater coming back, um, he's he's gonna you know this guy he doesn't really get like the the amount of catches that you would think, but he. His uh, average yardage per catch is very high. He does a lot of those crossing routes, and then with man coverage, he'll do a crossing route, and then he'll just run, you know, 50 yards. So uh, I like DJ Moore. Safe to say, if you're going to go Bridgewater quarterback, you could play both these guys and feel pretty good about it because they're both kind of cheap for uh, for the most part, 6,200 and 6,100. And then my sleeper pick, I'm going to go with my boy, Cole Beasley, against this Chargers defense, uh, which actually is pretty good against the pass. But, you know, Cole Beasley against Arizona before the bye, 11 for 109 and a touchdown. A few weeks before that against the Jets, 11 for 112. So I just like him, especially on DraftKings PPR. Uh, to get you know seven or eight catches, his targets are always up there. So I, I like him to uh, you know, and then if he gets in the end zone, that's an added bonus. But I think just on P- on catches and yardage alone, he can give you good return for his price, fifty five hundred. Let's get to tight ends. All right. Um, I don't even know why we bother picking tight ends anymore. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right, but uh, so I'm gonna pay up for my lock. I'm gonna go with uh, Darren Waller. Against Atlanta, he'll be my stack. I'll play with Carr because, to be honest, I, he's the most consistent receiver. I think he had, what was it, eight catches, 88 yards or something against Kansas City last week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was seven catches, 
for 88 yards. And then uh, my sleeper, I'm going to go with Mo Alley Cox. Very nice. Uh, no real reason, just a gut feeling going against Tennessee. He had three catches, 19 yards, but who knows? Maybe the Colts will look to throw the ball a little bit more in this game. Yeah, 2,700, you can't go wrong, really, right? I mean... Oh, you can. I mean, well... Yeah, I feel like I keep saying that, but and then it just jinx it. But I mean, if you just go with it, go you know get his average stats at twenty seven hundred, you're looking at you know at least two times. And honestly, if you get double digits, that's amazing. Yeah. Uh, for my lock this week at tight end, uh, I'm going to go a similar route as you again. Uh, I'm going to stack the tight end with the quarterback. And I'm going to go with Eric Ebron. I think for the price, 4100 uh, Eric Ebron, uh, if you're going to go against Baltimore earlier this year, he had four for 48 and a touchdown. And Baltimore's defense against the run, they're very good. They're top five fantasy-wise against the pass or against wide receivers. I think they're, top, they're seventh. Um, against tight ends, they fall off a little bit. Uh, against tight ends, they're 17th. So that's the weakness for the Baltimore defense, and I think that that's where Pittsburgh is going to try to exploit them. And Ebron, I mean, he he'll give he'll he'll give you solid returns. I mean, he hasn't had less than five targets in the last five games. So Big Ben is looking his way, and uh, you know, in the red zone. I mean, he does have four touchdowns, three in the last four games, one of which against the uh, the Ravens. So for my uh, sleeper this week. Uh, I'm going to go with the other Indianapolis tight end. I'm going to go with Trey Burton. It just so happens that we're we're feeling the same games. We're just on different players this week. So I think that tells you that, uh, you know, some of the games that we do like. Um, the last time I picked Burton was that big game that he had against Cincinnati with the rushing touchdown, the receiving touchdown. Um, I don't know if he'll get a rushing touchdown, but I like we I like tight ends in this game against Tennessee. I like that's run the ball. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hey, they they're just gonna start lining them up at running back. But I, you know, we like tight ends obviously in this game. I know you said you don't have a reason for Mo Ali Cox, but I mean they are twenty seventh against tight ends fantasy wise. So if you need a reason, that's the reason right there. Let's get the defense and we'll finish up. Hey, uh, defense, I mean, I'm going to lock in this Dolphins defense. It's just been insane what they've been doing. Uh, they have, like, a key turnover of every single game. I mean, it's nutty. I think three weeks ago they had the two defensive touchdowns against the Rams. Yep. They another defensive touchdown against the Cardinals. So they haven't scored a defensive touchdown in two straight games. So obviously this is going to be the game. They get another one. <laughs> yeah, they, uh, you know, especially against this Jets team, um, their sack numbers are a little low, but, you know, they're, they're opportunists. Nine interceptions, seven defensive fumble recoveries, three defensive touchdowns. I mean, they give up some points, but because they, they get turnovers and their, you know, possibility of them, uh, taking it to the house, their uh, their average for the season is actually pretty high for a defense. And then uh, my sleeper, I'm going to go with the Giants against 
Brandon Allen is going to be the starting quarterback for the Cincinnati Bengals. Okay. So not Ryan Finley? They saw enough of Ryan Finley. <laughs> I, I think that's fair. <laughs> I think that's fair. Um, yeah. I uh, I mean, the Giants defense has been playing pretty well either way. What are their, you know, against the Eagles, they gave up 17, but they, you know, they're. What was it? Double, they have, they have uh, multiple sacks in every game this year. Uh, you know, and they've got two defensive touchdowns themselves. They, you know, Giants defense has played uh, surprisingly. I'm, I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised with how the defense has played. I'll say that. Yeah, their uh, secondary looks a lot better. They just need a real pass rusher. Yes, Leonard Williams has played very well this season. I can't complain about him, but they need a defensive end desperately. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with, for my lock, I'm going to go with the other, you know, defense at 4,200, the Steelers. Uh, this defense is, you know, four out of the last six games, they've been in double digits because they just, their sack, some, their sack numbers, they have 38 sacks on the year. They had four picks last game. Uh, average points allowed in the last three is only, what, 11, I think, 11 or 12 points per game in the last three. And especially if Lamar Jackson doesn't play, I mean... You're getting RG3, I would assume. Yeah, yeah, RG3. I mean, even against this Baltimore defense with Lamar Jackson, the defense put up 18 points. They had two interceptions, two, two fumble recoveries, four sacks, defensive touchdown, like... Even if Lamar Jackson does play, I think the problem with the Ravens is that, like, they don't have. Like last year, Lamar Jackson just played off the charts. Like he was running the ball all over the place. Nobody could slow him down. Now they've had a year to kind of plan for that, so they know how to take that away. And when they take that away, he's not a very good thrower. Like he's not a pure passer. So then you can make him, you know, force him into those mistakes. And I think that's what we're saying. There's not really like that guy. I mean, Marquise Brown is a good player. Mark Andrews is one of the best tight ends in the league. But the, the Steelers defense is just, they're just like way too good. Uh, 15 picks on the year so far. That's just crazy. Um, so I'll go with them, lock them in. Uh, I expect another double-digit game from them. I know it's a division game. Um, they're going to play it tight. I think that they're going to have another double-digit game. Uh, for defensive um, uh, sleeper, this one I this one I struggled with a little bit, uh, trying to find something down the list here. Uh, I am gonna go. You know, we've been on Cleveland the past few weeks. I'm gonna go with them again, um, just for the fact that they're that their D line with Miles Garrett. Uh, you know, they're, they're just like one play away from getting a strip sack, you know, fumble return to, I'm just going based off of, you know, the possibility or the, the high probability of that happening against this Jacksonville team. Last week, they scored 20 points on the, on defense. Uh, were they our defense for our, our team? Yes, they were. We wasted they were. it. Such a great, okay. I think they had 18. They had 20 fantasy points last week. So they they were they might have been our second third no they were probably our third highest player in terms of point totals so uh, yeah I'm gonna log, uh, have them as my sleeper I know they're on the road which I'm not thrilled about but um, 
you know, cheap 3,100 defense. So let's finish up with our against the spread picks before we get out of here. Uh, we're pushing up against uh, uh, up against the time here. We try to keep these a little bit shorter for you, but we've been getting into some good conversation off to the side, you know, going on, going off on tangents based on what's been happening across the sports landscape. So nothing wrong with that. Uh, but we do try to keep these uh, relatively, uh, you know, efficient for you. So let's get to the let's get to the picks. Um, you want to start us off? All right. Uh, yeah, we're going to start off with our head-to-head matchup, and it's going to be the Minnesota Vikings versus the Carolina Panthers. I'm going to take Minnesota minus three and a half. I like Minnesota's run game, controlling the clock. Even though I think they're going to give up points, I think just Dalvin Cook's going to be too much for that Carolina defense. Any? I'll throw in my thoughts. Um, yeah. yeah, I I agree with you. I think Dalvin Cook is going to have, have a game. Uh, and Kirk Cousins did play well last week, uh, throwing to Thielen and... You know, I'm not really sure how they lost to the Cowboys. I mean, that was fine for me in the knockout pool because I think like 20% of people in the knockout pool took the Vikings to beat the Cowboys. So uh, I was fine with it. But uh, three and a half, I, you know, I feel like I've been, I've been, I've had a pretty good feel for underdogs this season. And I just think that this this is not going to be more than a three point game. I think the way the Panthers play with not really they don't turn the ball over. I mean, uh, Br- Bridgewater is pretty good with the ball, and uh, because of that and how they play and they they just like to run the football and milk the clock. I think that this is going to be a, a this is going to be a tight game, and I'm I'm comfortable taking the Panthers as an underdog with over, over giving me over a field goal. So that's my thought process. All right. Uh, my next pick, I'm going to take the Las Vegas Raiders at minus three against the Atlanta Falcons. Usually I don't like taking uh, setting against the home dog, but Atlanta is god-awful. I don't think Julio Jones plays this week. He's got a hamstring injury. He tried to fight through it last week, but really became more of a decoy towards the end of the game. This could be a Josh Jacobs three-touchdown game We like you talked about earlier. But I actually think the Raiders are going to pick them apart through the air. And I think they're going to have their they're going to have their choice. I think they're going to be able to do whatever they want, honestly. It's just to me, I like the car pick. It's just going to be a matter of, you know, is he going to get his two, you know, you need to, you need two touchdowns out of car because this game could get out of hand and which I don't think it will. I think the Falcons are going to, you know, I like, I like the minus three. I think the Falcons are going to be able to move the ball too, but they just don't score in the red. They don't score touchdowns in the red zone. I mean, Atlanta's coming off, giving up eight sacks last week. Yes. Yeah. Sacked uh, Matt Ryan eight times. And, the Raiders have a pretty good D-line. Uh, Max Crosby has been playing pretty well. They've also... They kind of slowed down uh, Mahomes a little bit, that D-line. They were moving him off his point, but Mahomes is just so good that yeah. it doesn't matter. 
Yeah, I think they said that he like backpedals like the same speed as he runs. <laughs> it's like they were talking about that in the broadcast. They showed him backpedaling out of the pocket towards the sideline, and they were just like he he backpedals so fast. <laughs> it's just crazy. All right, uh, my next pick. I'm going to take the Giants at minus six. I don't like this at all. The minus six, but if the Giants can't beat the crap out of the Cincinnati Bengals with Brandon Allen as their quarterback, uh, they don't deserve to technically have a chance at the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, if they if based on the other matchups, I mean, the Cowboys already lost, so they're three and eight. Uh, I would imagine that the Seahawks are going to beat the Eagles. I mean, the Redskins, the, the Giants, if they win this game, they're going to be in first place because and, of the head-to-head. And in the driver's seat, because if yeah. you look at the uh, Eagles' schedule coming up, it's uh, pretty bad. And this is just a fun little trend I saw. The Giants are 8-0 against the spread in their last eight road games. That, uh, oh, that's... Yeah, I did see that they were they were. They are actually. Uh, Apologize for that. Against the spread this season, the Giants uh, three and seventeen is seven and three against the spread. Yeah, and I think they're five and zero on the road. I think they're five and zero on the road, which you know lends to your point of being eight and zero in the last. Uh, yep. The last eight games, so five and zero this season. Yeah. And then uh, my next pick, I'm going to take the. Arizona Cardinals against the New England Patriots. This line yeah. seems a little fishy to me, which does give me some pause for concern. Why is Arizona it. only a minus one and a half point favor? Uh, well, you don't like it because you think no, the Patriots just, should be a favorite? or No, it's just a little fishy. When you think the Cardinals are, uh, I would figure the Cardinals are at least minus three. After that Patriots performance against the Texans, yeah, I, I just don't know if anybody has a feel, and I, I just look at this as like we don't know, so let's <laughs> just throw it at minus one and a half because, I mean, two weeks ago the Patriots upset the Ravens, and, uh, you know, then they lose to the Texans, which the Texans just beat the crap out of the Lions last week. So, I, I don't, you know, the the bottom tier teams, I don't know, I. You can have a good feel for them. Like the, you know, the Patriots are all over the place. The Texans now look like, you know, they actually know what they're doing without Bill O'Brien there. And, you know, so I, I don't know. I mean, minus one and a half is tough. You're basically, you know, maybe you want to buy a half point. But if you, if you're going to bet that Cardinals, I would just say, you know, bet a money line, just take the hit on the extra money and just bet a money line. Cause the last thing you want is like, a one point win at the end of the game for the Cardinals and then you're screwed. So Yeah, no, it the line's just a little fishy. I mean, I'm fairly confident in the Cardinals. I don't like the West Coast team coming east, but the Patriots literally can't throw the ball. Yeah. It's ineptitude that passing offense. So as long as you can just slow down the run a little bit, the Cardinals should be fine. I mean they are without Larry Fitzgerald, who tested positive for COVID. Okay. But it doesn't seem to affect any other receiver. But if that changes, then, then you know, keep an eye on it. Then uh, my last pick, 
I'm going to take uh, the Monday night game. I'm going to take the Seahawks against the Eagles. And I'm just going to bet that Carson Wentz throws a couple interceptions, which he loves to do. Yep. He, what does he lead? The league in interceptions? This I, be, I believe so, yes. Season? I believe, yeah. He's... So, uh, yeah, no, I'm like 95% sure he does. Yeah, he has 14 picks. 14 touchdowns. Not a, not a good year. He's been sacked 40 times. I mean, that's another thing. Like, they just can't protect him. I mean, the, uh, the Seahawks really don't get after the quarterback, but they played pretty well against the Cardinals the other week. That defense, they played a lot better than they have been playing. <clears throat> they only gave up 21, which for that defense is amazing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I like... And it's a week and know. a half we've had to prepare for the Eagles, so give me the Seahawks in minus five. Yeah, and I think that's a good pick. I like that. Um, the Eagles just look like a mess right now. Um, so let me get to my picks here before we uh, sign off for this week. Uh, you already mentioned, the head, we already talked about the head-to-head. I got the Panthers plus three and a half. Uh, my second pick, and this is like hurts me to throw this out there, but I'm going to go with the Jets plus seven. I think the Dolphins, um, you know, Tua with the hurt thumb. Yeah, I actually would prefer him to play because uh, Fitzpatrick. I just the way that Fitzpatrick plays, you know, if, if Fitzpatrick's playing, I kind of like it the other way. <laughs> I like I like even though Fitzpatrick can throw some picks and stuff like that he's not he's a little more loose with the ball. I just think that he's he takes chances that Tua wouldn't that would pay off against this defense and um yeah so if Tua's playing I like the Jets plus 7 which it looks like it's still a little bit up in the air he's questionable right now but uh, I'll take the Jets plus 7 and Darnold should be coming back um what you know Read into that whatever you want. I don't even know what that means, but um, what is it? A uh, couple trends for the game. Miami is actually five and zero against the spread in their last five games against the Jets. Okay. And they, uh, what is it? Five and one straight up against the Jets. Yeah, I don't think the Jets are going to win this game at all. But I could see you know some sort of backdoor cover you know, getting a late touchdown to make it look closer than it is, you know. Um, but I fully expect the Dolphins to win this game. A lot of money on the Jets right now, too. The plus seven is minus 120 on DraftKings. So uh, my third pick, I'm going to go with the Bills at home, minus five against the Chargers. I think the Bills are going to be able to do it, whatever they want. They're going to put pressure on Herbert to kind of just keep doing what he's been doing, which is just be perfect pretty much. And uh, on the road at one o'clock in a crazy, you know, I don't know. It's not too crazy right now, but that Bills Mafia, I mean, I'm sure that they're going to make their presence felt um, with however many fans they're allowed to have there. Are they allowed to have fans there? Uh, not as far as I know. 
No Buffalo Bills fans. Okay, so as of uh, so they're not allowed in the, in the stadium yet. So that does change things. But still, the one o'clock coming across. I think Anthony Lynn isn't that great of a coach. Uh, so I'll, you know, despite Herbert just being great, I think the Bills win by at least a touchdown here. Uh, so I like the minus five. Uh, Panthers. We already talked about. I'm just going down the list. Uh, Rams. I like the Rams minus six and a half against the 49ers. I don't really know what's going on with the 49ers. Uh, you know, I don't know who's healthy at running back. It seems like Mostert's still out, I believe. Um, they just have so many injuries. So I, it's actually you know, the amount of injuries the 49ers have. Yeah, and as of uh, just a little while ago, it looks like Jordan Reed, who can't stay on the field anyway, uh, now he's out with coronavirus, you know, because of coronavirus precautions. Two linebackers are out of practice. Uh, yeah, so I'm going to go with the Rams. who They've been playing well lately. Uh, they they beat the Seahawks. And who'd they play last week that they beat up on? The Bucks. They, they were an underdog plus four. They were one of my picks. They ended up winning outright by three points. So I'll take the Rams at six and a half. And then my last pick, speaking of the Bucs, I'm going to go with the Bucs at plus three and a half against the Chiefs at home. Um, you know, this Buccaneers defense, they have their moments, and they're very good against the run. I think their secondary leaves a lot to be desired, which scares me. But Brady is two and one. Uh, so I just feel like Brady's going to bring his A game and, uh, you know, it's it's going to be it's going to be a close game. I, I think. I think the Chiefs win, but I don't. I don't see them blowing out the Buccaneers. And if it's you know plus three and a half, um, I'll take it. Uh, back in Brady. So those are those are my picks. So you want to give us a recap before we get out of here? Yep. Uh, you're going to take Carolina plus three and a half, the Jets plus seven, the Bills minus five, the Rams minus six and a half, the Bucks plus three and a half. I'm going to take. Minnesota minus three and a half, Seattle minus five, the Raiders minus three, <laughs> Arizona minus one and a half, and the Giants minus six. All right, so those are our picks for Week Twelve. Uh, I'm go- I'm shooting for another uh, five and zero week. Let's make it fifteen and zero the last three weeks. That'd be that'd be kind of crazy, I think. Uh, if I can, if I'm if I'm getting that hot, uh, and then. Were you three games under 500? So try to get back to the uh, that threshold. Yeah, let's let's get back to 500 first, and then we'll uh, pull our way back and steal the victory. Yeah, hey, there's still there's still plenty of time in the season. Uh, we got uh, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. I got to count on my fingers. There's six weeks left, so there's still plenty of time. And uh, you know, we'll see we'll see what happens over the next few weeks as this. Uh, you know, the AFC, I think you can, you know, I think you said you said it earlier. You said the Ravens are out of out of the playoffs right now at six and four. Yeah. The so AFC is tight. Yeah. And that's not so much the case in the NFC. I think the NFC is more defined as far as, you know, what you're working with for the playoff picture. But, um, you know, obviously, the longer, you know, the farther we get into the season, the more we, we know about these teams. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. But. A lot, a lot of good football left to be played. You just hope that coronavirus doesn't uh, 
doesn't continue to just destroy this uh, this schedule here because there's not really much else that we can do at this point. So, or the NFL can do so. That's our show for you today. Uh, you have our social media handles. Yeah, um, hit us up on Twitter at Square the Sharp. Uh, Instagram is Squaring Up the Sharp. YouTube, we're at Squaring Up the Sharp. Email us at squaringuptthesharp at gmail.com. And like and subscribe on iTunes. Rate and review, please. And that's all I got for you. Yeah, so that's uh, that about covers it. Um, we're mo- I'd say we're pretty much most active on Twitter. So let's, uh, you know, make sure to check us out on there. Austin's been sending out our our fantasy teams uh, for our single entry, entry tournament. So you can kind of look at how we've been doing there, which we've, you know, we've been doing pretty good, I think, uh, for the most part, outside of, you know, Hayden Hurst and Adrian <laughs> Peterson. So just killing us. But um, yeah, make sure to check us out on, on our social media and, and uh, you know, tell us what you think. So uh, that's our show. And we'll see you for week 13 action. Uh, again, hoping no coronavirus, uh, you know, effects, but uh, you never know. So uh, week 13, we'll see you then. And Austin, why don't you sign us off? Here's to squaring up the sharp. <laughs>